This is what the internet has become, kids. There was once a time where I sat in my bedroom and, and, and I waited for 40 minutes for an episode of Pokemon to load. And that was the internet. Welcome back to Privy. Privy is a podcast about bathrooms recorded from my home bathroom. I'm your host, Hunter Hoover. And I love bathrooms. Welcome back. Thank you for being here. Um, thank you for joining me again on this bathroom journey. We survived it. Uh, at the point of this episode's released, we have truly survived the nonsense that is February holidays. There's President's Day. There's Valentine's Day, the feast day of St. Valentine. And there's Sped Bowl, stupendous big game big game stupid anyway and of course we we kicked off our february with groundhog day uh and and the frequent listener of the show if you if you caught our previous episode i was joined uh here in bathroom with my wife and she made fun of me a little bit uh but also i turned the choice over to her at the end of last episode, to select what we would be discussing this week. Uh, and I realized doing that, that I was opening myself up possibly to some danger. Um, but yeah, it was pretty awful. Before we, I, I want to give a brief um, Applebee's update. So I thought my internal combustion engine, my tummy, had fully adjusted to the onslaught of what Applebee's brings about. Uh, and what I'm here to say is I'm also learned that anytime I deviate from my Applebee's norms, my stomach will respond with this just anger via liquid. And I normally get uh, uh, the wings. I get them. Tommy want wingies. I... On my most recent outing to Applebee's, I ventured into the world of of a little little chicken and pasta situation, and it was it was pretty good. It was you know I had it had flavor. That's how that's how I'll word that. But man, like clockwork, like I finished my meal nine thirty, and and I kid you not, twelve thirty middle of the night. Um, it's time. It's go time, baby. Uh, we are. It's flapjack deluxe and. It was, I mean, it was a 20 minute three flush ordeal and it's not what you want in the middle of the night, but sometimes it, you know, it is the clean out that you need in the middle of the night, but that's enough out of me. As I said, in the last episode, my wife, Anna picked our topic this week. And if you are a parent of a student or, or a person between the ages of six and twelve, um, especially if that if that young person uh, attends public high school or public public school, not high school. They're not in high school at that age. Um, thank goodness, because uh, then I have to deal with them. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but if they attend public school, you have probably heard one of your kids, or one of their friends, it, it very likely, 
or some random kid at their school when you go to pick them up or on the playground say something to the effect of, and, and I want to apologize now, um, but it sounds like this. Skibbity bop bop, skibbity skibbity bop bop, but they, they run around and they're shouting some nonsense about saying skibbity bop bop, yes, yes. And... Or they will be on the playground and they'll be playing and they'll be start shouting about skibbity toilet. Now, here on Privy, we're all about all things toilet. We love toilets. I'm seated upon one right now. The old blue. Uh, she's she's a she's a noble steed. I have I have desic. Uh, and Anna told me at the last episode. That she wants me to do an episode on this nonsense, Skibbity Toilet. Because, and I quote, I want to know if this is something that we should have our son run around saying. Now, it's not a swear. It's not. A, it, here we go. We're going to get into this. What's wild is, as with a lot of things here on Privy, it begins with a deep dive into the backwoods of the internet. Yeehaw. Uh, and, and, and it ends knowing way more than you ever wanted. But in this case, also just, I'm usually satisfied with where I end up. But in this case, I am not. Now, I also want to acknowledge something at the top of this episode here. If you are one of these age 6 through 15, Gen Alpha or Elder or, or, or Younger Gen Z kids who maybe have stumbled on this podcast. Hi, kids. This is a podcast. Not everything is a freaking YouTube video. So why don't you, why don't you right now close your eyes and use your God-given imagination for a minute and quit, quit doom scrolling your YouTube for 45 seconds. The dude playing, you've watched the same video of the guy playing Minecraft 40 times. You have seen the exact same unboxing Disney princess doll video 40,000 times. And I have and if I have to watch one more Joker make slime and get it in his carpet, we're going to cancel YouTube. So forgive me. Uh we're not hip and trendy out here. That's not what this is. If you're looking for me to dab and do the floss and and yeet on my haters and all that nonsense, I'm sorry kiddos. Um but that's not this podcast. But if you want to find out something about toilets, you've come to the right place. Now, I will say if you like video games, you're going to you're going to be interested in what Skibbity Toilet has to show us. I'm going to tell you kids about Skibbity Toilet. So gather around, children. Gather around. Gather in. Let me pull the curtain back on one of your little prized little icons of your generation. Uh, we're going to talk about Skibbity Toilet, but first, I need to take you back. And dear God, are we going to go back? And I want to tell you a story about Teenage Hunter. That's me. Hi. <laughs> I'm here. The scene is the mid to late 2000s, and there is a huge trend on the rise. And 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 I'm going to sound like the most ancient of fogies here for just a second, but but here we are. We're again, we're not looking for for online cred or whatever the heck they call it. These street cred. For years, I would 
went after getting home from school or after church or or in the wee hours of of my day i would spend my day figuring out how to get to my friend's house or invite a friend over to my house so we could play super smash brothers in mine or my friend's rooms go to their house they get to come over here and when we got a new game we would communicate the new game to one another so that way we could go play the new game at their house and we never tr- we we tried to not buy a game that somebody else already had because they, we could go there and play it uh, you had to be you had to be strategic about your game buying i remember waiting for school to get out so i could ride my bike to a friend's house and play tony hawk pro skater demo on the playstation just the demo. We got this like demo disc in a Pizza Hut like read it program. I wish they did read it and read it, read it, book it, book it. It's book it. I wish they still did that. Now it's all all online. It's like stupid. Um, book it's rad. Uh, but I remember my buddy got Tony Hawk Pro Skater. I think two demo, and we would go to his house and we played the heck out of that demo. Like we played the two tracks that you got <clears throat> and we played them until they were just beat dead. And I am real I feel like I really truly am the generation in which video games blossomed. And they became more than just a household novelty. They they really became a pastime and and in for some people a way of life. Um Yes, there was Pac-Man and the Marios of old, um, but I could see as this as this N64 system. I remember when I got my N64 system, I was like seven or eight years old, and it had to go in the basement, in the TV in the basement, uh, because I, I don't know, we just weren't going to plug it in upstairs. Uh, and, and I remember playing, playing Super Mario 64 and Donkey Kong and Super Smash Brothers and Mario Kart and Pokemon Stadium and Pokemon Puzzle League. And all of these games, and I, and I would just sit around the system and play these things. And as things, oh, and 007, uh, GoldenEye, good night, it was so good. But but as more and more things came out, one of the things that became evident on the N sixty four was the the trend towards multiplayer. Things continued to get better, and I knew I would be playing these things quite a bit. Now. This episode is for curious parents, but also ki- kids and semi-fans of Skibbity. Kids, if you cl- again, if you clicked it because of Skibbity Toilet, I promise we're going to get there. Maybe you should just chill out for a second. Put down the cat dang prime energy drink. Quit drinking energy. Hey, kids, I'm going to tell you something. Quit drinking the energy drinks. It's turning you into a bunch of weirdos. Like, if you do not stop drinking energy drink, you will turn into a teenage weirdo. That's facts. That that's scientific facts, um. But I'm gonna give y'all some of the history of the stuff y'all watch. Learn from us old timers here for a minute, because I remember the days when my cousins would hook their Xbox up, and and I remember when my cousins they they got like multiple Xboxes, and I was like, why why in the heck would you want more than one? And I remember going over to their house for a sleepover and they had like LAN connected these Xboxes together in the house to where they could play the same game on separate systems with each other in different rooms of the house. Now, what I'm describing to you, uh, if you are a person who plays video games in this year 2024 of Our Lord, you are thinking, did this man just climb out from under a rock? 
But I but I assure you, when this land connection happened and you could play I think it was Halo I think they played Halo. When you could play this with each other in the same house but not in the same room, it it was it was revolutionary. I didn't have siblings and my parents were not gamers. And so this phenomenon was lost to me in our household as I continued to play games either by myself or if a friend came over seated next to their sweaty body uh, on my couch. Again, I had heard people could play video games with each other and not be seated next to each other. And I had seen it happen. And, and, and it seems almost unfathomable today. But 20 years ago, we were in uncharted territory, truly. I remember the day we got internet in our house. Um, and here's a sample of what that sounded like. Yeah, anyway. Uh, good luck sneaking online, kids, back in the day to play Fortnite. Also, the internet couldn't handle Fortnite back then, so you just had to chill out a little bit. But as the internet got better, I remember one time I I got on, I think it was like CartoonNetwork.com or something, and I was like, oh, it's going to be so cool. I'm going to be able to watch Pokemon on the internet, and it's going to be so cool. And then it took like 45 minutes to load a 20-minute episode, and I went and watched Pokemon on the TV while I waited for Pokemon to load on the internet, and I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. Uh, but the but the internet eventually got better. And one of the things that happened as it got better is it became wireless. Wi-Fi, baby! It was slow, but it was cool. And then it happened. The, it, the video games began to be hooked to the online networks in the gaming networks. And I remember when I got a PlayStation 3, and I hooked it up to Wi-Fi for the first time. And I began to, to play video games online. I became part of this online world of video games. And I remember playing Call of Duty and Resistance Fall of Man and Battlefront and, and all these fun games online with my friends. Me in my room and they at their houses. It was cool, but it didn't get us together as much. Something else happened. And parents, I can tell you, as a boy who played video games as a kid, it's normal. With appropriate boundaries in time, they'll grow out of it. But video games being moved from a thing that I played to also being a thing that I watched. I found video games on YouTube. Now, Nowadays, the watch it played phenomenon and video games on YouTube is rampant. And people have almost started their own shows and, and realities online on YouTube via Minecraft and all of these other games. And but but these online videos, they started out as people playing video games and recording it and putting those playthroughs, quote unquote, playthroughs on the internet for you to watch. Now as a kid with a budget, this was great because while I couldn't buy all the games, I could watch them being played and get the story and find out what happened. But if you were a person who would get stuck in video games, these playthroughs were great because you could watch them and figure out all the 
tips and tricks to get through the levels faster. Can I explain? And, and don't even get me started on Twitch. Twitch is a whole nother can of beans. And can I explain to you why it is fun to watch people play video games on the internet? Yes. Remember me sitting on my buddy's couch or bed playing Mario or Donkey Kong? Well, for a long time, it, you took turns. And something you were doing when it wasn't your turn was you were learning. What's next for me if he messes up? And it's just sometimes it's just fun to see somebody else play a video game. That's why your kid watches YouTube. Couple that with these YouTubers. They talk like this. What's up, YouTube? It's your boy. Let's go. It's time for Fortnite Battle Royale. That's how they talk. They scream about everything. It, it's like overstimulation for your kid. And it's just like, they just it, 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 like fires on all cylinders. And then they're like, and they've got all sorts of flashing lights and stuff. It's made it kids. It's made for your brains to get addicted to it. That's why your kid watches YouTube, people playing Minecraft, Fortnite, to see what others do. And you guessed it. I, I did this. Now, it is not like it was back then. <laughs> and one of the things I remember watching frequently were these top 10 clips of people playing Call of Duty. And I want to say it was Call of Duty Modern Warfare. And I mostly watched these to see how people played video games, learn things I could try, see cool like montages of other stuff that had happened. And I found channels who made videos I liked. And one of these was a YouTube channel called Machinima. And my experience with them was these YouTube videos of people getting kill streaks and top 10 moments and things like that on Call of Duty. But but as I watched these when I went to school, it became a thing that we talked about at school. Hey, did you see the top 10 like nuke or whatever clips that they put out this week? Now, I must admit, I'm, I'm 15 plus years removed from the days of watching these videos. Um, nowadays, my, my YouTube watching is, is it's, it's pretty tame. Uh, it's pretty boring. That's fine. I, I, I'm I'm a 30 year old dad. We're not trying to be exciting at this point. I've got a lot of I've got a lot of ads for weird toilet things. I I don't know why. I cannot fathom it. But it became something that was talked about, and, and I kind of forgot about that company, Machinima. And before we continue down our our story of Skibbity Toilet, we need to talk about Machinima because it's going to play an important role today. Machinima began as an American multi-platform online entertainment network, and it was owned at one point in its time by Warner Media. The company was founded in 2000, the year 2000. They survived Y2K, so they figured, why not make an internet company uh, by Hugh Hancock in LA. Now, this company, this, this Machinima Entertainment, arose because there was this void needing to be filled. So there was this game series called Quake, and Quake 3 released, and it was a shooter game, and up until Quake 3, 
people had begun to make these online internet videos wherein they used Quake and Quake 2 and videos like it and assets from it to make videos. However, when Quake 3 was announced in 1999, people were pumped. And then the developer announced people would not be able to access the source code and so they would not be able to make those videos that they had once made. Online gaming was really a catch-22. It made it easier to access all this stuff, but it also made cheating and competition more fragile. Now that Quake 3 was on lockdown and these, these early video game movies really was what they were, were going to be much, much more difficult to make and slowed drastically. The company Machinima arose to fill the void left by Quake 3. An early Machinima-style video, and the first to be made in a traditional file format, was a series called Quad God. Now, I want to note, Machinima, the video company, is different than, but is also, Machinima the video style. To speak about Machinima style video, it, it imagine that you make a movie, but instead of filming actors or animating drawings or animating original characters, you are using video footage found on popular video games or are using weird set pieces, hand-drawn set pieces, or you are taking portions from multiple video games and assets and, and images from all sorts of video games, and you are putting them into one scene to build this story. The, the things of video games become the setting, the characters, the backdrops, the props, all of it. And when you can get into the assets and copy the code of one thing from one video game and move it over to this scene, Machinima is really like a hodgepodge. It's also nifty because as anyone who's played video games knows, you can make these characters do things that you need them to do. You can move them literally like if I'm an actor and I need someone to just kind of jump in one exact spot, I'm never going to get that. But with Machinima, like video games, you can just hit the jump button. This is Machinima. Machine cinema. And the tricky thing is, these blokes will go in and mess with the code to make these characters in these games do things they normally could not do. And sometimes they put things in these games that were not in them in the first place. Now, What's really weird is when designers circle back around and make this part of their design through the implementation of mods, thus allowing people to do things within the game code that is extra to the source code. Think of if you've ever played Skyrim for, oh man, I might be, so to, to those older folks, Skyrim is an adventure game. It's a very good adventure game. Young kids, Skyrim is a game that is not for you yet. It's rated M for mature. Um, but one of the most famous mods in Skyrim is where they turn the dragons into Thomas the Trank engines. You can find it on YouTube, but it's some of the funniest stuff that people have modded. In time, Machinima style later 
was used and they made Machinima Incorporated and that would be founded and begin to produce its own original movies, shows, and content using the Machinima style, but also in other styles. Much of these videos lived on their website or their YouTube channel. Ah, YouTube. The old wild frontier of online videos. The company, Machinima, existed as a YouTube channel for years. Warner Brothers fully purchased Machinima in 2016. Since that purchase, it's really been a revolving door of who owns and operates Machinima and where their videos live. Two years into the Warner Media buyout, Warner merged Machinima with their Otter Media branch within the year. Otter Media deleted most of the Machinima videos on their site, effectively closed down the YouTube channel, and laid off the employees. Machinima, as a company, had ended. Machinima as a style, however, had not. In short, the style of film and video making wherein these 3D pieces are manipulated in 3D space, often using video game assets, are a huge up-and-coming thing since the 90s. One big reason is they are filmed live, as if, some, as if something needs redone. It can easily be redone by manipulating what already exists. One question which has often plagued this type of media is questions of copyright. Who owns the creative product? If one video game company owns this asset and another video game company owns the backdrops asset and another video game company owns the, the music and backdrops and a, third, and a fourth company builds the thing, who owns it? Who owns the created product? The person who made the original assets or the person who used those assets to create the final piece of machinima art? It seems in most cases, the answer is the final creator. As we will see when we finally arrive at Skibbity Toilet. But we're not there yet. Machinima is also a huge tool as it is fairly inexpensive to make. Like, if you have the video game and the source code that all of these assets come from, you and maybe some editing software, you can make these videos. You don't need a bunch of fancy cameras, paid actors. Perhaps all of these combine alongside Machinima's strongest draw. It is videos and films about video games made using video games, made by people who play video games, for the enjoyment of people who know and play video games. The in-jokes and humor are usually very specific to the media that they are about. Machinima also takes leaps in quality along with video games. As the graphics improve and as the 3D art improves and as the things improve in video games, so Machinima's style improves. As Machinima continues to emerge, video game designers introduce a variety of camera controls, allowing them to move the camera freely around the world. This includes having a camera that can be detached from all characters entirely and moved about in free space. 
truly these machinima and voice acting that accompany gave rise to the real play or play along videos of YouTube today. If you've ever seen a YouTube video where they, they're playing like Minecraft or your kid watches people play Fortnite and in the bottom right you see the person that's actually doing that and they're like pretending to talk for the character. If you don't see them in the bottom right, it's because it is pretty much machinima. There is, however, another part of machinima that is curious. And that is that the videos made using machinima style are often very weird. They're very strange looking. They're almost surreal in nature. The animation looks like it is part of a video game because in many cases it is. Machinima can take a lot of planning as to what will be in a scene. And while Machinima videos, many of them once lived on Machinima YouTube, some of the more popular installments there at the time included a series called A Law-Abiding Engineer made using Team Fortress 2 as a play on the movie Law-Abiding Citizen. The, the series Red vs. Blue, which is still currently being made, made using all of the Halo games, um, about two opposing factions, and it's really the first machinima that that like broke out into the general community. A, mo- a, a series called Trash Master, or a movie, it's an 88 minutes long movie uh, about the Trash Man in Grand Theft Auto 4. There's A Day in the Life of a Turlet, Turret, uh, not a Turlet, a Turret. It's a series made using Portal and follows the mounted turrets that mo- that normally kill you and what they do when you're not there. As you would guess, there are games that seem more prevalent in making these videos than others. Minecraft, CSGO, World of Warcraft, Team Fortress, Half-Life. And really what is being used is the assets, the individual components of these video games taken out of it and manipulated in their environments to produce something special. The kids like it because they get to see things they see in the games that they play used in ways that are weird or zany in many cases makes them make believe or pretend that they are going to do that when they play. And that brings us to this week. Because this is a podcast about toilets. And boy howdy, as I said, there is a toilet in the zeitgeist of Machinima Online right now. We're gonna need it. We're gonna need to hydrate for this because this is gonna be this is gonna be a rough one. God bless these rains. Now, kids, in February 2023, yes, but one year ago, a man at the point of this episode's release, I should say. There's people that go back and listen to this stuff from the future. Hello. Greetings from the past. If you're listening to us in the future, greetings from the past. But just in February 2023, a man named Alexei Gerasimov, probably butchered it. He sounds Russian, so well. Uploaded one of his machinima creations to his YouTube channel. The name of the video was Skibbity Toilet. Now, before I describe to you what you or very likely your child sees when they see Skibbity Toilet, I will first describe what they are going to hear. And you will know where this comes from. 
In February 2007, 16 years prior to Gerasimov releasing his first Skibbity Toilet video, Tambaland, that's probably another butcher on me, you know, I can't help it at this point, released the song, Give It To Me. Okay, so this this old pop hip-hop hit from almost 20 years ago comes out, and totally, so so you have Give It To Me, the song Give It To Me. Totally separate from that, Bulgarian musician Fiki, under the name Bizer King, made a song called Dom Dom Yes Yes in 2022. I want to note something about both of these songs. Neither of them are kid-friendly. Give it to me if you haven't figured out what they are giving to them. Well, go in peace, my friend. But I can assure you, having seen the music video, this one is a pass for your children. Kids, stay out of the give it to me. Don't You don't need it. And you shouldn't be accepting it. And you might be thinking, okay, well, and, and I assure you, well, Fiki's little dom-dom yes-yes is defo, not... I ain't got a clue what he says because it's not in English. It's in Bulgarian or whatever they speak there. But let me just tell you, it's not for kids. Um, and you might be thinking, okay, so you have this hip hop hit from the early two thousands and this this kind of like foreign dance club weird song from bulgaria in 2022 but like how do these songs get together and why would they get to well who would put them together well fiki the the bizer king himself put dom dom yes yes on tiktok 2022 he said i'm gonna get my song out there and he put his song on tiktok and as people are making videos to it it caught on and one user began to make these very kind of choppy shot shorts to the song. That said, eventually another TikTok user named Doombreaker3 mashed up the two songs. They took the two songs and they kind of made a remix and set the audio to interjecting clips from Zoolander, either one or two, I think it's one, and superimposed those clips and the music over top of a fat man dancing when Zoolander looks at him. This is what the internet has become, kids. There was once a time where I sat in my bedroom and and, and I waited for 40 minutes for an episode of Pokemon to load. And that was the internet. And now you've you've got people mashing up songs and superimposing Zoolander and fat men dancing and it's like, people like it. I don't get it. I've been up to my neck in this trash for a week now, getting to the bottom of Skibbity Toilet. I will tell you, the original mashup audio is gone, but it exists all over and has been made and remade and remade and remade countless times because that's what TikTok and the internet is now. We just remake crap. But this, parents, is the song that your kids hear when they see Skibbity Toilet. 
So then where do the toilets come in? Well, as I said, Alexei Grasimov uploaded the first Skibbity Toilet video in February 2023, and it featured that song. Skibbity Toilet is a series. It is, at the point of this episode's release, about 70 episodes, videos in length. And all of these videos feature this song in some way. And as a result, the song gets stuck in people's head. But now I want to describe to you what is Skibbity Toilet? What do your kids see? If I were to describe Skibbity Toilet, Skibbity Toilet, I would love to quit saying it too, by the way. Skibbity Toilet is, in essence, a disembodied head with a long neck that protrudes out of a toilet and sings the Skibbity song that we just heard. Almost all of the videos end with one or more Skibbity Toilet heads lunging at you, making a terrible face. The the face is often very truly grotesque. The way it's animated is very creepy. And one of the machinima pieces used in the series is this head and toilet. Skibbity toilet episodes are often between 10 and 30 seconds long, but there are some that, that reach and exceed one minute. They each feature the song, show the life of skibbity toilets, and their struggle against the cameramen. We don't know who they are. We don't know where they came from. Skibbity toilets move, their their bodies are toilets, and they essentially slide around the room, or they fly around the world in which they're in. None of it makes sense. There's not a lick of skibbity toilet that makes sense to anybody involved. The cameramen are kind of the opposite of skibbities. They have human bodies, but various electronics as their heads, primarily appearing as surveillance cameras. And I'm here to tell you something. I'm going to make a confession to you. Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. It has been, well, 30 years, I guess, since my last confession, because I am not Catholic, and I have never done that in a booth. But I watched them all, guys. I went and watched every episode of Skibbity Toilet, so you don't have to. And my, my review is this. It's mindless. It's it's stupid. There's no oh oh every kid just got oh he oh old man thinks skibbity toilet's stupid. Well, it is, kids. I'm sorry. Let's tell the truth about something for a second. Let's just tell the truth, okay, kids? There's no words other than the skibbity bop 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 bop. It's like, but what's interesting is there is a story here, and you might be asking, well, how did the skibbity toilets come to be? We don't know that. How did the cameramen come to be? We don't know that. Why are the skibbity toilets fighting the cameramen? We don't know that. Who's the good guys? We don't really know any of this. There's speculation. But I think this is one of those reasons why kids like skibbity toilet. It makes it stand out. It isn't trying to give you the backstory. It is just putting you right in the middle of the action of the skibbity struggles right now. 
It's weird. The whole thing is flipping weird as heck. But it all begs the question, why are kids running around going skibbity bop, 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 yes, 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 skibbity bop, skibbity bop, yes, bop, skibbity They sound like, a, what is going on? What are they doing to these people? What planet is this? If an alien dropped down right now and went to a city park, they would see all these kids like dabbing and flossing and hitting the gritty yelling skibbity toilet and they would get back in whatever spaceship they got here in and they would get out of here as quick as possible. Maybe skibbity toilet and and the floss and all of these other stupid Fortnite dances that have ever existed are our greatest defense against alien intruders. Truly, truly, that's where I'm at. It's weird. Every single episode where there is a skibbity toilet on screen, the song is being sung. Which means if you watch skibbity, and boy, are people watching Skibbity Toilet because these videos have like 30 to 100 million views each. It's crazy. And at the point of this episode's release, there's like 70 of them. We're talking hundreds of millions of views. That's a lot of Skibbity. And what's troubling is these songs, this remix song, it's kind of catchy, it's weird. And I cannot stress, parents, kids, kids, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I shouted. You can, but parents, this, this is for you. It's not for your kids. This isn't for kids. And naturally, that means kids are going to want to listen to it. But parents, here's the public service announcement. And the question is, should they watch and listen to it? Skibbity Toilet is considered maybe the first real internet touchpoint offering for Generation Alpha. Kids born after 2020, 2012. So it's kind of an iconic thing to this demographic. This and Skibbity Toilet's kind of mysterious. Every video puts you in the middle of conflict that already exists. It's just playing out before you. It's kind of like turning on the big game in the middle of the third quarter and picking up in the middle of things in media res. The deal is there's a battle going on between the Skibbity Toilets and the cameramen. And we don't know why. And we don't know who the good guys are. But the battle definitely unfolds. I think this is part of why little kids like it. It's like playing in the sandbox. But instead of a toy shovel and action figures, it's toilets with human heads and humans with camera heads fighting each other with lasers. I should also note, the way the cameramen often defeat the Skibbity Toilets, I don't know if it's Skibbity's Toilet or Skibbity Toilets. It's hard to tell. But the way they defeat them is by flushing the heads down the toilet. It's very good. And so the question is, is Skibbity Toilet good? And I'm going to say it depends on who you ask. If you ask a 13-year-old, is Skibbity Toilet good? They'll probably tell you yes. Like, there is something catchy about the song. There is a story that is happening, but it's not concerned with giving you the history of the Skibbity Toilets. But myself, as a grown adult old man, it's troubling. 
I can see why kids watch it. I can see why they have so many views. They're short. The song is addicting, but I got to tell you, it's creepy. The, like, the skibbity toilets are weird. The, the, I think they could give you nightmares, truly. Like, if your kid watches Skibbity Toilet and has weird dreams or has behavior, like, take away the Skibbity Toilet. I will also admit, I will make another confession. Even though I hate it, I wanted to know what happened in the next one. It has been international. Governments are concerned. Russia investigated the YouTube series in case there was subliminal messaging. It, Malaysia investigated the source. In the U.S., videos have been placed on a number of kid banned lists through YouTube Kids, Amazon, school districts. And personally, I'm going to tell you for good reason. The series is easily relate, rated for teenagers, if not mature audiences. The faces are creepy. The the the, the skibbities and people get stabbed and shot, and there seems to be blood splatter. Parents, if you're still here, the bathroom talk is about is about done. And I'm going to tell you, skibbity toilet was a little bit of venture. It, it wasn't as much bathroom as I wanted. It was a little bit of toilet, but not really. They just took this source code from, I think, Half-Life or something and stuck a head inside of it that made its neck stretch all over the place. It's creepy, and I don't really like it. Skibbity Toilet, this is about as much as I'm going to interact with you. And I'm sure you'll, you have your moment, and this is your moment. Um, kids, be wary of the Skibbity Toilet. If your parents say no, it's because they care about you. You will be old enough for Skibbity Toilet one day. But I'm here to tell you, it's flipping creepy. And I think it's part of that like whole like creepy pasta nonsense that like there's there's a there's a slice of the internet that is popular because it is creepy and and like semi evil but not really evil. And I think Skibbity Toilet kind of flirts with that with that demographic. So once again, kids just chill out. Like, just just settle down. Focus on something. Watch a YouTube video longer than a minute. How's that sound? Um, parents, skibbity toilet's a hard pass. Y your kid doesn't need it. And if and, and I will also say, if, you're, if your kid is on the playground and they're singing the skibbity toilet song, they've probably just heard the skibbity song from a friend. And truly... The Skibbity song is going to be played on videos that aren't Skibbity Toilet because the, the song is popular. And as soon as the song gets popular, every other YouTuber is going to use the song to get more views on their YouTube video. That's facts. Unless you think that the only reason that I made this stupid episode is to do that the same. Go back and listen to the Valentine's episode. My wife very clearly selects this out of her own curiosity. This was not my doings. Um... But that's going to bring us the end to the uh, to the end of another episode of Privy. Thank you for joining us. As always, leave us a rating and review. The five star options are preferred, and for every rating and review left, we'll donate some money to the Wounded Warriors and Living Water International. Uh, reach out to us social media. We're at PrivyCast. Email us PrivyCast at gmail.com. You can follow me. I'm Hunter. I'm at Owlet7 on social media. We'd, I'd love to see and connect with you on those things. 
Um, this brings us to the end of another episode of Privy. Thanks, Kevin and Poddington, for the use of your music. Thanks to all the people whose stuff we use. Check them out. Link in the ding dong below for, for video sources and music sources. Not all the music used was ours. This has been another episode of Privy. Keep pooping in the free world. Breathe more. Push less. Own your stank. And now let's defeat a skibbity together. Don't forget to flush. <laughs>